You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Um, Legend has always been my project that there were no restraints. I can do whatever I want. But even in the early years, you know, we were still trying to to lay the foundation for the band and make sure that we, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but to make sure that other people were happy with what we were putting out. Now it's um, it's it's so it's such an open project, bringing in friends and and so many different writers, uh, guitar players, and producers. It's um, hey, what do you want to do? I want to do a song like this. Okay, let's do that. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've had a glorious week. It's Friday, people. We did it. The weekend is here. I'm so stoked because tomorrow at Kanawaki Brewing Company, they are launching Cold Haze Warm Blood, the brand new Cryptopsy collab, which was brewed as a part of Brutal North America. I'm so excited to taste this double NEIPA with Blood Orange, 8.5% ABV. It's going to be so delicious. Super stoked to announce that I have teamed up with Indie Merch Store for the official Vox and Hops merchandise store. You can go to my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com slash merch and you will be taken to my official store where there's a bunch of sick merch available. If you use the promo code VOXHOPS10, that's V-O-X-H-O-P-S-10, you will save 10% off of your entire purchase. Do it, people. This is a great way to help support the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell a friend about the podcast. If you have a friend that enjoys metal and craft beer, well, suggest that they check out the podcast. That would be something that I would truly, truly appreciate. You can tell them that there are 280 episodes available on their favorite podcast platform for them to go and check out. Now, on today's episode, I'm with Chad Rulig of Legend and For the Fallen Dreams. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 282. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Chad Rulig of Legend and for the Fallen Dreams. Uh, Chad, I'm very, very stoked to be with you. Let's start with a very simple, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm stoked to be with you. Uh, Let's dive deep. Let's go to the darkness right away. I like to get it out of the way right away. Uh, How did you cope with the glorious year of 2020, which is now behind us? I'd spoke on this before, but um, 2020 for me, I'm obviously with all the craziness aside, uh, for me, uh, musically was a, uh, was a great year. Uh, it, was, it was a great year to reflect on where I was going and what I wanted to do uh, with all music uh, going forward. And just kind of dig back into the, you know, the creative process of, you know, why I've done this for as long as I have in the first place. So uh, from an artistic side, um, 2020 was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not what most people are thinking, but for me, it, it was it was a really good moment um, to just just dissect a lot, man. So I, uh, in that aspect of it, it was great. Obviously, all the the other craziness aside, it was stressful in its in its own ways. But um, 
yeah, it was it was one step at a time, day by day, and and that's kind of I think how everybody got through it, and it was the same. Uh, Absolutely, musically, it, it was rad though. It's it's it's, a, it's sort of like almost a blessing for us musicians because we can never stop because if the ball is just continually rolling and if we do stop, it's us making this, the, taking the decision to stop. So then we feel guilty because maybe our other bandmates aren't on that same train and don't need that break that we need. So this year really sort of gave us the blessing to have to stop so that we could have that time to reflect on why, why, why are we musicians? Why do we still do this after so many years? You know, it's interesting. That's, that's a great way to put it, man, because when things are rolling, um, you never, it, it's few and far between where you get that chance to kind of just sit and be like, so what, what, why am I, you know, do I still love to do this? Why do I do this? Man, just, just digging into all the little, you know, reasons of who, what, where, why, and when, uh, you really don't get that a lot. So it, it was almost it, it was almost too much at times because yeah. there was times <laughs> where I was just like, holy shit, like when you sit back and really dig and, and think about what's going on musically or what you've been doing for, you know, or what I've been doing. And, and I'm sure you have as well, uh, well over a decade. Um, it's 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 crazy to think about. So it was, it was a good it was a good reflecting time for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when we're in the heat of it, it's always one project to the next one tour to the next one album to the next. And to have everything just stop. It really just we had that breathing moment. It was it's obviously been too much breathing moment at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But to have a whole summer at home where I could be with my kids and it wasn't me telling the band, I don't want to tour right now, which I have done when my kids were born. Um you know, I feel guilty about that. Uh, the momentum of the band, what's going to happen. So, so it's, it's a strange little blessing in disguise right there. For sure. I agree a hundred percent, man. Interesting. Vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about life and metal. And of course about craft beer. Uh, you told me right before we started this that you're not drinking a craft beer, but what are you drinking right there, Chad? Uh, I'm drinking, um, I got, I got super fancy this year and we brought a, a espresso machine. So I'm drinking, uh, one of the, cool little uh futuristic coffee capsules um yeah i got spoiled with that so now i drink regular coffee i'm like it just doesn't work anymore but <laughs> it does the trick man yeah it's, it's been a long day so coffee was the the choice today but um yeah i only drink three things i drink water coffee and craft beer that's 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 yeah. <laughs> what do you got what do you got this is Saint-Kim-Baron's Des Moines. this is a, a classic hellas a german style hellas uh i Very love cool. this brewery they're you know they were rated i think top five i want to say or top three i apologize to the crew from Saint battle uh best new brewery from ratebeer.com this year uh they started last year and they're just killing it no matter what style they're killing it on the hazies they're killing it on stouts barrel aged stouts they're killing it on these classic crushers. I love it. Uh, while I'm pouring this out, Chad, uh, tell me about your very first beer. Do you remember the first beer you've ever had? Oh, I do. And, uh, it's not a pretty one, but, um, we, we had it. I was, uh, I, I was, I was straight edge for a very long time through my teens. Um, so I didn't drink till I was like 22. I had my first beer and, um, you know, it was just the changing of tides kind of thing. And my buddies had, um, <laughs> My buddies were drinking a couple of bush lights. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's technically water, but, uh, we made it, <laughs> we made it work and, uh, you know, and, and, and again, you know, like now I've, um, 
the older I've got, I've got a little more taste for. It. I love Guinness and stouts. Uh, it's usually my go-to. Um, I like. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with like Dragon's Milk. That's another one that we always have here in the states and uh, Michigan. So I'll, I'll sip on those from time to time. But if I'm going to drink a beer, it's it's, it's usually a stout or uh, a Guinness. I went over to uh, Ireland probably in this is 2016. Um, FTFD did a tour over there, and that's the first time I had actually had Guinness like from you know the belly of the beast in Ireland. It's it, it's so funny to to have it there and then have it in the states because they half the people more than half the people don't know how to pour a stout mm-hmm. so i got it, it was red though you have to be patient very patient <laughs> yes sir i've said this on the podcast before but i played in dublin and we wanted to go get a proper proper guinness pour and they the venue for some reason sent us across the street and it ended up being a czech bar in dublin which makes no sense. <laughs> right, right. So we got the Guinnesses, but I, I'm still not certain that it was an absolutely perfect, honest, true Irish sure. pour. But but we had a good time. There was a bunch of Causehill beer everywhere. It was it was more of like the novelty attraction to bring people in. You know, Slova- it was Slovakian bar. Sorry, not Czech. It was because Slo- Causehill that beer with the goat on it that they give us all the time on tour. That's <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That is funny. Well, hey, man, that's, uh, you know, now it's on the bucket list to head back and make it a point to hit a good old uh, Irish pub. and Proper. A, yeah, there you go. Proper, proper pour. <laughs> yeah, um, a proper pour. Uh, talk, talk to me about those years being being straight edge. I've had a few sober guests on the podcast. And I've had a few people that were straight edge for a moment and have subsequently switched. Uh, talk to me about that period of your life. Um, you know, I was... Uh, I was really big um, <clears throat> into the um, the whole culture of uh, the hardcore, metalcore, even the metal world when I was much younger. Um, so I guess that was something that I found that was it wasn't just music to me. It was kind of like, oh, there's a whole backstory to this and like bands like Minor Threat and all that. And you started digging into it. And I guess it gave it a little more substance for me. And as a kid, you know, just being a little more impressionable. Um, my friends were, um, you know, and, and, and much respect to everybody who, who still is and and still is able to, to hang on. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like I said before, uh, the changing of tides, man, you know, just, you change a different palette as you get older, you know, your mental state and everything, you know, everything changes a little bit as you get older. So it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah, but it was uh, a nice sobering experience, uh, through my, through my teens, I guess, you know. I don't have any cool stories about getting like pissed drunk at prom or anything like that. But uh, you're, you're not you're not missing anything, Chad, because we don't we, we don't remember what happened anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. <laughs> Let's talk about you when you were young, uh, the soundtrack of your youth, growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Uh, my dad was a huge Beastie Boys fan, so he was always yeah he was always jamming Beastie Boys and Run DMC. Um, he would jam some Metallica here and there, you know, Deep Purple, stuff like that. You know, um, my mom was like, you know, Shania Twain. and uh, <laughs> Canadian, Canadian pride right there. Yeah, yeah. Shania <laughs> Twain and, uh, you know, Tim McGraw, just that whole song and dance. She was, she was more into country. My, uh, my grandfather, um, it, was, it was, was really the whole reason I even started doing music. He was, uh, he was a guitar player and a country singer um, when he was younger. So he would do, you know, he'd do the bars and he'd, he'd go around and, and do all the runs like that. And then he started doing like gospel. 
so they would do like small church tours where they would go out for a couple of weeks and, and do that. So it was, it was really diverse, you know, and, um, with my, with my dad listening to Beastie Boys and Shania Twain and Merle Haggard. And, you know, it was, it was a little jumble of everything, which I, you know, I, I guess I don't think about it all the time, but it was probably one of the reasons why I felt so comfortable listening to all different styles of music, you know, metal and rap. And, and, um, you know, I used to listen, like, I used to love Mr. Bungle and stuff like that. That, that there was no like set music that I was like, Nope, only this, it was always everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think probably just, you know, grandparents and, and mom and dad listening to all sorts of weird shit all over all over the place kind of gave me that flavor to jam whatever and not feel like, oh, I need to listen to this or I need to listen to that because my parents do. And uh, yeah, so here I am. Bungle, bungle rolls. Still love them. Um, let's talk. I'm very interested uh, having a grandfather that toured. Uh, it, did it seem that when you wanted to become a musician that it was more realistic because you knew someone and someone in your family did it and you grew up knowing that he was out there doing this? It was like just a part of life. Oh, my grandfather's not here because he's on tour now. For sure. He wasn't touring as much when I was, or at least from what I remember, uh, being really young. Um, that's when he was out. And then you know, he was, he was still play all the time though. And, uh, like his, my great grandfather, his father, he played violin and my grandpa's two other brothers played harmonica and guitar. So they would all just sit around and have jam sessions. That's something I remember from a young age though, is everyone always having some instrument in their hands. Somebody always had something. And then my grandmother, she sang and played piano. So, um, yeah, it, it was really, it, it wasn't like a, a weird thing for me to, to do the music route. It was always very natural. Um, my very first band, I was probably, I was probably 13 and I played bass. Um, and to get all of, I had like a, a Harky 410 cab in the head and got an LTD bass. That was just super new metal and, you know, had like spikes on it and shit. But <laughs> the whole, the whole reason I was even able to buy that, um, was my grandfather traded in one of his like, like over, I mean, I want to say it was probably like a $2,000 guild guitar. So he traded that in, uh, just to get me all of my equipment. So yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. super cool. What, what, what did he, what did he think of you, you, the, the music that you were playing? Uh, yeah. we talked about this not that long ago. I probably last week, actually. Um, we were playing like punk stuff. My first band was, but we were playing like Deftones and tool covers. Um, and then like MXPX and Rancid and, uh, Pennywise songs like we, we were all over the map but it was just kind of a mix of what everyone in the band liked and um, which which is what I happens remember, back then right it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a necessity it's like we need that guy so we're gonna put up and play his shitty song that I don't like exactly there's there's no other like drummer in a two-hour radius this he has to be the guy yeah right so we just you know we kind of just winged it but um I remember having that conversation with my grandpa and he was like, well, what chord are you playing? Hmm. And I was like, what's a chord? I was like, we don't play chords. He's like, <laughs> yes, you do. I was like, no, you don't understand. We do not play chords. Grandpa. Like we just, we just play the notes. So it was like, we talked about it and, um, with how far things have come since then, you know, since being 13 and now I'm, I'm going to be 34. And I'm still doing music and he's still just as supportive as he was back then. 
uh, he'll still say to me, you know, like, uh, so what chord does that, that new song? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's great, man. It's it's, uh, it's it's very cool to have uh, a very supportive family. That's incredible. Uh, and the music way. Yeah, that's cool. incredible. Uh, the bass first, were you one of those people that fell into vocals because there was no extra person or were you always in, interested in being a vocalist? Um, initially, no, I really wasn't. Um, you know, obviously I looked up to guys like, uh, you know, the Fred Durst and the, the Chad Grays and the Corey Taylors. Like I loved like, you know, I'm early mid thirties. So like the, the heyday of new metal was like, right as the peak of me coming into my teens so that's what i clung on to most and still do so i always obviously thought like they were just they were so sick and their vocals were so awesome but um yeah i don't know i i really enjoyed playing bass i enjoyed just having an instrument and learning for me i guess a lot of it was even just learning songs that i loved like uh that was the cool part man is is you know like being 13 and learning how to play a rancid song on bass just like weeks and weeks and weeks of practice to get to where Matt, um, was it Matt Freeland? I can't remember his last name, but he, he just, he was the sickest bass player. And it was really, really cool to like learn those songs. And you know, as time went on, um, I kind of just got suckered into it. <laughs> the, the guy, the guy had, I had done backup vocals and bass. Um, and then the guys were like, Hey man, why don't you just, why don't you just scream for the band now? And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? 15, 16 years later, here I am, still uh, still doing it. <laughs> Talk to me about harsh vocals. Was was it harsh vocals first for you? Or did you was it singing and then or you you were that backup guy that could do the harsh vocals? Yeah, it was no, it was harsh vocals from the get go. So just, you know, no proper technique and, and back then there definitely wasn't, you know, the Melissa Crosses and stuff like that. So you, it was just trial and error. It was just beating the shit out of your voice and healing and realizing your limits and what you should and shouldn't do and learning how to breathe better to, to get it there. Um, but it took me a long time, man. I want to say, you know, even for that first five, three years of being a vocalist for FTFD from, uh, cause I started doing vocals, uh, for them in Oh five or end of Oh five to the end of Oh eight. And even then I didn't have the technique down. Like I was still, I was still blowing out my voice a lot on tour consistent shows that you can you know just every day you know the gig um that was hard man so i remember being very frustrated uh very frustrated frustrated with myself a lot of the time and wondered can i even do this like is this am i even going to be able to pull this off do i gotta go do i gotta kick the bass player out to go and play back and play bass <laughs> like how do i sell it <laughs> he's drinking um, too much he's, he's missing his notes <laughs> Yeah, just, just stash, stash empty bottles in his bunk. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I figured out it was just it was, and a lot of that. Um, and I think this is a key thing. Obviously, your your breathing and, and and all that stuff. Not learning is, is is a big thing, but for me, it's the confidence. Once you are confident in who you are and your vocals and who you want to be, it makes it so much easier. Obviously, technique is. It's just but they can see that I think uh, gets overlooked a lot of times um, when in a technique. You know what I mean? You almost have to believe that yes, this is this is exactly how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna sound fucking great tonight, and that's and that's a big contributor, I think. It's all about voice. It's all about breath. It's all about air. It's all about control. You mentioned a lot of amazing things. Uh, Melissa Cross, huge. I've been using her for 
since 2006 or something. I, I awesome. religiously warm up. I think it's a very important thing to be connected with your body. Uh, the confidence is a huge thing because because there's so much going on with vocals. And if you're lost in your head of being self-doubt of that dark spiral of self-doubt and worry and, oh, I fucked up, you're fucked for the night. So, so you need to be confident, trust in your technique, and uh, try to stay in shape, which is hard to do in a pandemic, uh, which makes me wonder, how have you been keeping in shape vocally during a pandemic? I, I, I would obviously, like everybody, I think, got a little lazy at some point uh, during the pandemic. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, gyms were closed. Right. So it was, it was that perfect opportunity to just be like, Oh, I, I can't go. And then, um, <laughs> it, everyone said it like, Oh, what am I going to do? The gyms are closed. Um, but my fiance as well, she's, she's very physically fit. So she was definitely keeping me on my toes. Like you still need to make sure that you're, you're staying in shape. Cause when this is all done and over with, it's going to be summer and you're going to be pissed off. That you look <laughs> awful. So, and then it's going to be the dark, so, the dark void spiral on our body instead of our voice. Exactly. My friend. So, uh, we got there, I was doing it, you know, just at home. We have a, you know, just lightweight, just calisthenics and, and just even stretching now, just stretching and pushups and sit-ups. Like, I mean, uh, the guys in, 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 in prison do it. Why can't you, you know, just sit up some pushups inside. That's all you got to do, man. Just keep keeping your body tight and just doing something like that. Uh, tour prep. Um, I, I, I like to always, um, I always like to add sprints and in, in cardio into my everyday workout routine, but I always up it at least, at least a month out from a tour. I'll make sure that I'm literally doing, I'm, I'm conditioning and doing full on sprints at least three miles a day. It has to be done. Uh, just, just again, your breathing is is so so important, and um, especially when you you don't want to just stand there. So when you're putting on a show <laughs> and you're running around and you're screaming and you're talking to the crowd, it's all it's, it's a lot of responsibility, you know. And obviously, as vocalists, we always everyone always makes fun, and so so you guys don't have to you guys don't have to load anything out, or you don't have to carry any gear. But when your voice is your instrument, and the whole show depends on your voice is it's it's a lot of pressure. So to, to to prep for that and making sure you know your breathing's right and you're you're physically in shape is 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 definitely key. Um, so I, again, I like to stay stay prepped in that way before tours. Um, I've 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 been at it pretty consistently for the past three four months now. Not that I wasn't before that, like, but you know we had our we had our our slip ups, but uh, it's getting back there. That's good. I say I'm very lucky. I only realized recently that because I'm a vegan that that you can Uber eats vegan food, and I didn't realize the the wide access of bad food that I could have in my house until about three weeks ago. Eternally grateful that 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 discovery didn't happen at the beginning of the pandemic because I would have eaten right. much worse things than I did. <laughs> uh, vegan food has come such a long way in the past, even like five years. Like, like you can literally get whatever, like all the restraints from before 10, 15 years ago when it was, everyone just, oh, you only eat falafel and grass. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, I literally can eat everything you eat and it's, it's better for me. So yeah, that's rad. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates. 
that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, let's talk about this new EP for Legend. Uh, you've dropped two singles so far. You've dropped Psychedelic, Nightmare, and Spite. Uh, now, this is a project that you just, every song, just about you collaborate with different friends, different musicians. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this. This is super fun, and I see this being something very liberating, because when you're collaborating with other people, you can basically do whatever the fuck you want. So, so talk to me about the freedom that you have doing Legend versus For the Fallen Dreams. Yeah, man, um, you, you hit it right there. The freedom, the freedom is is uh, very fulfilling to be able to just, as a vocalist, do whatever you want and push the boundaries of. I don't have to like with for the fallen dreams. Um, I can't. I mean, I can, <laughs> but I, I I can't just go nuts. Like, it's, there has to be a little more structure to it. Um, Legend has always been my project that there were no restraints. I can do whatever I want. But even in the early years, you know, we were still trying to, to lay the foundation for the band and make sure that we, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but to make sure that other people were happy with what we were putting out. Now it's, um, it's, it's so, it's such an open project bringing in friends and, and so many different writers, uh, guitar players and producers. It's, um, Hey, what do you want to do? I want to do a song like this. Okay, let's do that. Like there's no, there's no set schedule. There's no management. There's no label or anybody else telling us you can't do this. It's just getting back to the basics of when you first started writing music with your friends. of just doing whatever the hell you want to do. Um, so it's really cool that this started, you know, uh, over 10 years ago now. Um, that was, you know, a, a touring band and there was a full lineup. It's kind of just turned into like me doing songs with my friends that still gets put out on a, on a good platform and people are still listening. Everything song that's been released or is, is going to be released is, is a little bit different. It's all got its own twist. It's, it's, I've talked to a few of the guys and they're like, well, do you want me to write it and make it sound like a legend? I was like, absolutely not. I want you to write whatever you want to write and I'll make it work and they'll just be under the legend name. Um, so it, it's not, none of it's too far off the beaten path, but it, everything's got its own little flavor, man. So it's, it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, all the guys who were great, all friends, um, or guys that I've made friends with through it. So it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a great, uh, ride so far, man. And we got four more singles to go. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. And, and, you know, it is legend no matter what the music is because you are basically legend. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like a weird solo project. It's, it's awesome. Point, so. It's awesome. And, and how was it easier because of the pandemic? I know that I'm a part of like 
five to seven pandemic projects because we're all at home we're we're eager to to collaborate we're eager to perform we're eager to to write music to play music was it easier to get people that on board this time around or to get them into this because of the pandemic yeah 100 percent. that was really kind of what sparked it like everyone had been sitting around at this point it was only maybe for four to five months so people were already itching that like all everybody was just ready to go still everyone was like oh because it was still very fresh of how long is this going to be there's no way it's there's no way it's going to be a year or longer like everyone was still very certain so we're like okay um but yeah getting everybody on board everyone was just kind of itching for it um so we made it work uh Aaron Chaparian, who still has a single on the song, we initially wrote an entire EP together, but but I didn't, as time went on and, and, and the pandemic happened, I didn't want to, I didn't want that to get lost in the mix of just dropping an EP. I knew it had to be something different. I knew that, um, you know, not that I like reinvented the, the wheel of releases here, but there hasn't been a lot of deathcore, metalcore, grind, whatever you want to call it. Um, that uh, put out releases this way. So with, with all the friends uh, that I have and, and guys who had just songs on deck that they wanted to use, it worked out really well uh, to make it a, a special release. This is something that's really cool. And I'm, I'm glad it actually came together. Uh, we were able to do it. It's so exciting. It's, it's just so freeing, free, freeing to, to, to just create whatever you want. I think it's, it's awesome. It's super awesome. Yeah. I really, really, really like it. Um, this is basically how you've been filling your void of not being able to perform. I normally ask this question that I fill my void by conducting these interviews before we connect, before I sit down. I feel like just about I'm going to jump on stage. So this is how you've been keeping yourself creatively busy, which is awesome. For sure. And it's, it's, it's opened me up to uh, just just trying new things, even with not now taking that same mentality in, into some of the For the Fallen Dream stuff. Uh, you know, just... Um, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy what that type of freedom will do for you artistically. To I, I've in in the fifteen plus years that I've been doing this, I've never been as as motivated as I am now. And it really took that pandemic mentality of everything that was going on, and just pushing myself and being very happy with how the legend release came out. That I was like, I still really love to do this. Like I still thoroughly enjoy creating music. Um, I love touring, but I 100% enjoy the creative process and recording more than that. I love the fans and the touring, and of course, that's a huge part of it, but um, just, just creating is just so much fun, man. It's, I love it. I like the studio. I, I like being on stage more. I like hanging yeah. out afterwards and, of course, drinking delicious craft beers with people. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could make it. a legend or, or a For the Fallen Dreams brew, uh, a collab what 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 style of beer would it be what excites you something that would represent a legend perfectly and what would you call it you had me thinking here now okay let's see um well you already know i'm a stout guy um dark beer so that fits the the dark sound of legend so let's let's go with that let's go with the stout um a name let's see here and what's crazy is i have so many like title like i have when i when i when I'm writing, I'll just put down really cool phrases that I think sound cool. Um, whatever, just one lines or it's, one it's word. The, it's the back print of t-shirt lines. It's those ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if I looked at my phone right now, I could probably find you probably the sickest uh, uh, name for a beer. But let's go with, um, 
Let's see. There's so many cool ones, especially with craft, man. They got like Dragon Smoke, like we said. There's just all these badass fantasy names. Um, Stoutadelic Nightmare. <laughs> dude, I'm not even going to try to. There you go. Stoutadelic Nightmare. <laughs> You did all the work for me. I, 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 I like coming up with beer names. <laughs> you need to copy with that. That's good. Um, one last question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often because you're very in control. You, you don't dive too deeply into the evil of beer. You got into it pretty late because you were straight edge for a while. But what, what is your hangover cure? Um, greasy ass food and usually a Bloody Mary. I like Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys and wine. You know, I might sound, this might not be very metal, but I love wine. No, why? Wine is super go, metal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, actually, you're right. Like, you know, some, some, some goth vampire metal type shit, some good wine. Yeah. That's very true. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. Chad, thank you so, so much for taking the time to hang out with me, talking about your life, music, and craft beer. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I love connecting with other vocalists. It's always fun to to dig into uh, their mindsets about vocals. It's how Vox and Hop started, so I'm very stoked we got to connect. Everyone get ready for more Legend tracks. They're coming. They're coming. I'm excited to hear them. Uh, Chad, thank you so, so much. Cheers. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Have a good one. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I ever love having conversations with vocalists. This is really how the podcast began. I would always have chats with vocalists and ask them questions about their technique, questions about how they approach uh, delivering vocals on stage, what their state of mind is, uh, because it's something that I think a lot about. So, uh I love having conversations with vocalists, and Chad is a sick vocalist, and I'm very happy that I had a chance to connect with him. Thank you, Chad, for taking the time to be with me. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. So do me a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list because there's just so much going on, I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope that you have a glorious weekend. I will be back next week with two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.